Glory to God. Oh, my goodness gracious life. God is so good. So good, so good, so good, so good. Well, I'm going to start off today telling y'all a little testimony myself. I, I didn't see this, but I've heard it several times. But there's some crazy truck driver come by here <laughs> and got some CDs and DVDs. And he got turned on. <laughs> that, that's pretty vile. <laughs> he got turned on and the fire got lit. And he would come to a healing school and he told me, he'd come up and, man, he preached. I'm telling you, he preached. I ain't going to let him have the floor today because he might take the whole hour and a half. <laughs> but anyway, he said, I'm going to scatter these CDs and DVD from coast to coast. He said, I've been over the road truck driver from coast to coast. So that's what he's been doing. So up in Pennsylvania at a truck ministry up there, he dropped off some of the CDs and DVDs. And the pastor of that ministry called me this week, and he is on fire. He said, I don't know what these CDs and DVDs cost. We don't have much money, but so we got to have some. And I called him back and said, well, you could really afford a bunch of them. Because <laughs> they're free and postpaid. And so anyway, we sent him a huge order of stuff. And he says, Brother, we just listened to these things the other day in church in our ministry. And he said, a guy that had been in a wheelchair for years got up and walked out. <laughs> and he said, a woman got filled with the Holy Ghost and started speaking in tongues and started running all over the church praising God. <laughs> And then he said three people got saved. Oh, my goodness gracious. All from listening to a CD. Wow. Can God's Word do awesome things? I think, wow, what can God do, Frank? What can the King do? Isn't it, isn't it awesome what God can do? And I think, wow, wow, wow. Well, yesterday at the healing school, we had a great day at the healing school. We didn't have a great big crowd yesterday. We had a fairly small group, only 31 people there at Justin. Well, we had some great testimonies. One of the ladies that came in January, uh, she had been, she came in a wheelchair and she was on oxygen. And of course, I prayed for her. She repented of her sins and I prayed for her. And she said, I didn't feel a thing. You know, not a thing. And I went home in my wheelchair, just like I went with my oxygen and everything, said, I didn't feel a thing. So I got home that night and I got to thinking, you know, that man kept telling us, it's already done. Jesus said, it's already done. So she said, you know, I, I, just, I just don't believe I need this oxygen no more since Jesus has already done it. So she said, I reached over laid my oxygen down and she I took a great big deep breath and my lungs just filled up with fresh air and said it was like a spring deal. And she said, I want you all to know I have never put that oxygen back on. And she come give her testimony yesterday, walking with no wheelchair. <laughs> wow. That's what you call Jesus showing up, right? Wow, Jesus showed up for that lady. And then another lady, she came up and she said, i got to give you all my testimony. She said, you know, if you remember me, and I told her, I said, yes, I did. She came here and gave her testimony once, and her name's Jan. And she says, you know, I uh, had uh, come up here and said, before I came, I had just been to the doctor and said, uh, uh, Years ago, 15, 16 years ago, she came up with a problem that all of a sudden from her, rib, or her elbows, 
all the way down to her fingertips. She couldn't feel a thing. All the feeling just went away. Doctors couldn't find out what was wrong with her. They checked her and checked her. Couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. And then she uh, this, uh, developed this, uh, what do you call it? Bursitis. Bursitis in her hips, and it bothered her. And then she had a problem in both feet. And, of course, you know, she's getting older, got grown kids and everything. And so, you know, this, these are just things that happen to older folks. <laughs> but this is what the devil would want you to believe. And so he don't know that some of us are learning. We believe in what God says when he says we can walk in divine health. And so anyway, she had all these problems. And then the other symptoms she had, she goes to the doctor and they do a big long series of expensive tests on her. And then find out that she's got one of three diseases of which the lesser of the three would be lupus. And that's a pretty serious disease, lupus. So she comes to the healing school that day after she gets reports that week saying that she's got this, this, or lupus. And so she said, on the way to healing school, she said, Lord, please let me have lupus. And then, see, she don't know. She's a Christian that has not been trained. So she comes to the healing school and finds out she don't have to have none of this. And after four hours of sitting and listening to me teach the Word of God, she comes up and said, I want to be prayed for. And she told me the story, and she said, I ain't going to go home with nothing. She said, I thought I wanted lupus, but she said, now I realize this is devil, and I don't want nothing. He's God. And so she said, I'm going home healed. And so her faith was mountain high, and I reached up, and I said, now, first of all, young lady, I said, how long have you had this problem with your numbness? And she said, oh, about 15, 16 years. I said, what kind of sin did you do just before that? She said, what? I said, you sinned somehow just before you opened. I said, you opened the door to the devil to come upon you because he can't come upon you unless you sin. And immediately the Holy Spirit convicted her of her sin 15 or 16 years ago. She said, oh, my goodness. And I said, you know exactly what you've done, don't you? She said, yes, I do. I said, well, I don't need to know, but all you need to do is repent to God. So she repented to the Lord and said, Lord, I'm so sorry. And I won't never do that again. She said, now, Lord, I know all my sins are repented of. And so I believe with all of my heart when Brother Thurman prays for me, you're going to heal me. And so I reached up and touched her, and I just touched her gently, and I said, be healed in the name of Jesus, according to Mark 16, 17, and 18. I said, thank you, Lord, for healing her. Took my hands off of her. She sat there a minute. She says, what else do we do? I said, that's it. That's it. I said, all I got to do is do my part in faith, and that's up to God. I said, all you need to do is believe and receive. She said, well, I don't feel no different. I said, well, you don't go by feeling. I said, you go by the Word. So she turns around and gets up and walks back to her chair and reaches down to pick up her purse to go home. And when she reaches down to pick up her purse, she feels it. And then she thinks, wow, I can feel it. Then she reaches over and touches it with others and she can feel it. So by the time she got from where I prayed for her back to her seat, the Lord had already restored her feeling in her arms once she repented. And then she said... She continued to come against the enemy and said, Now, enemy, I'm not going to take this lupus that you're trying to put on me because it's from you. And so in a few days, all those symptoms went away. And then she said, You know, he said that God designed us to walk in divine health. So she said, That doesn't include bursitis and my problem with my feet. So she said, Devil, I'm kicking you out of me all the way from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And so she said within another few days, all of her symptoms went away. And so she said yesterday, for what, two months or three months now, whatever it's been, she said, not a sign of a symptom of no kind. I am completely healed from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. 
We serve an awesome God. You know it? He is awesome. And we had, let's see, the other testimony, we had three. What was the other one? You remember? Oh, you were filming. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I had to put my honey bunny on the camera yesterday. She was trying to learn how to do something new. You know, I mean, when you, when you, when you work for me, <laughs> it's my mate or anything else. You have to learn to be a jack of all trades in this ministry. You got to learn how to do everything. You got to learn how to build buildings. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had an awesome one. And just before the break, one of the ladies, her cell phone went off, but it was on vibrate, so she gets up and goes outside. She comes back in and she kind of interrupts. She said, Mr. Scrivener, I have a real problem. That was my son who lives in Fort Worth. And they flew up from Houston to come to the healing school. He said, I just, he said, I've been listening to you every day, but I had to just get some live. He said, I just, we flew up from Houston today just to come to your healing school. And I thought, wow, isn't that awesome? People would do that. Well, they go out. <clears throat> And find out that their son is just really, really, she said, deathly sick. He was just throwing up and everything. And she said, he's really sick. And I said, no problem. It's just a devil. I said, we got all dominion. I've just been teaching on our dominion over, over in the Daniel 7, verse 27, where the Lord says that in the day, the last days, the saints were going to be given back all dominion and all power and they were going to reign on the earth. I said, that's us. We're the saints. I said, we got all power over that devil. So I just stood right up there in the middle of everybody. I said, in the name of Jesus, Father, I'm coming to the throne of grace. I said, Father, I'm coming to the throne. So I said, here I am. I worshiped and praised him for a couple of minutes. I said, now, Satan, I rebuke you and I command you to get your hands off of that boy, Rick Freeman, in the name of Jesus. I said, no, Lord, ask you, I've kicked that devil out. You've given us dominion and power. I said, ask you to move by the power of your Holy Spirit and ask you to touch that boy's life and completely heal him right now. I said, you said I could have anything I say with my mouth in Mark eleven twenty three. So I said, it's done, Father, in Jesus' name. I said, guarantee your son's healed in the name of Jesus. We go, we take another testimony or two. We go outside on the break. She comes back after the break, comes in and said, I call my son. He is instantly healed. Yeah. He's God awesome. Is the awesome. Oh, man. Have we got dominion and power or have we got dominion and power? Hey, I'm going to tell you. Has anybody got a testimony today? You got one? Come up here, young lady. We'll take a couple. Let me get over here. I'm under that speaker a little bit. Praise the King. Tell us what Jesus has done for you. Well, I, I had that, you know, the freezer healed and I said, I want to hear, see a physical healing and I prayed I, I had a little tiny speck of athlete's foot try to come back on me under my little toe. And I listened to Thurman's teaching about athlete's foot being a demon. And it just occurred to me after the next day, I said, I just rebuked that demon in the name of athlete's foot in the name of Jesus. And I commanded to go now in Jesus' name. Next day it was completely gone. Amen. Praise the Lord. Pastor Rico has really kicked me in the butt into another realm of soul winning and and baptizing people in the Holy Spirit and teaching them about their prayer language and and uh, won another two people to the Lord in the last three weeks. And um, this last gentleman I want prayer for that I'm trying to get over here. He just, um, he has um, HIV. He needs to change his sexual identity. And um, I prayed, I asked him on the table, I'm a massage therapist, and so I asked him if he went to church and he said, well, I really need to. Well, I just said, that's the door. I'm jumping Amen. through that one. Amen. And um, I prayed for him and said, and I prayed for him to receive Jesus according to Romans 10, 9 and 10. Amen. 
and um, Matthew uh, 28, 19, baptize him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Ask him to repeat after me and confess all of that. I explained that he could not go back to those sins, that all of his sins were washed away from the day that he got saved. But from now on, he cannot sin. But if he sins, he needs to repent of it. And that I would help him and teach him. I told him to read the book of John and John 1, 2, and 3, and to rent the movie, The Gospel of John. Amen. And so um, I'm trying to stay in touch with him. I tried to get him to come here. He said he would come today, but I was not able to reach him. And um, he doesn't wake up until between 12 and 1, and I tried to call him then. But he needs a lot of prayer. I'm trying to get him into a ministry to help him with his sexual identity. I think there's a program called Genesis at Covenant Church. But if you know of any other ones, please get in touch with me and give me the information. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Great testimony. Great testimony. You, you got to tell something? Okay, come here. Do what, honey? Oh, don't cover it. Okay. Here's this truck driver I told you I was afraid to give the mic to. <laughs> I don't do microphones. I don't do them very good. And I want to keep this to a minimum. And I'll try not to get overwhelmed. Because if, if Jesus is trying to get out of here, I want to let everybody in here hear what he's got to say. To I started telling the testimony when I brought the little boy up here last time, my little stepson, about how the night of the healing school, he's had asthma for five years. And he had a severe asthma attack. At 11.30 that night, last Friday, the Friday before the healing school. And I didn't know what it was. And we carried him to the hospital. And they said, oh, he's had, you got him here right in the nick of time. And I didn't finish telling this because the enemy come rushing in on me and stopped my testimony. But I went on and I, and I carried him to the hospital. And they said, you got him here just in the nick of time. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, he wasn't getting any oxygen at all. And I just kept praying over him. I bind every enemy coming against him. Well, at 2 o'clock that morning, after they gave him two intense breathing treatments and was fixing to give him the third one, the doctor came in and she was talking to me. While she was talking to me, the Lord spoke to me. And I hadn't thought about it like this, but he said, the enemy brought that sickness on that little boy right there because he don't want you in that healing school. Big tears welled up in my eyes and I go, oh God, I couldn't even hear what the lady was saying anymore. I go, oh God, you're right. And in the name of Jesus, he has no power or authority over me, and we're going to be in that healing school no matter what. So he just kept getting better and better and better. And now we're going, the, the doctors, doctors, I hear all about doctors, they don't know, they're not God. But the doctor kept saying, oh, we're going to have to check him into a room. And he, no, we're not checking him into no room. He's going to be well. And at 5.30 that morning before the healing school, and I got up here and gave my testimony, we finally got out of the hospital. We went home, we slept three hours, and I, after he got better in the, healing, in, in the hospital, he kept going, we're going to a healing school tomorrow, we're going to a healing school, telling everybody in there, you know, some of these nurses, what's a healing school? You don't know you need to go. You don't know you need to go. So, we, we come up here after three hours sleep, and we get up here, and, and you prayed the prayer of faith. I mean, he's got asthma, he's had, he had asthma, thank you Lord. But he had asthma, and Thurman prayed the prayer of faith over him, and we left out of here. Well, we left, and we went home, and he was going to California with his daddy. He was out for spring break, and we were going to California, and his mother said, No, you bring him home. They live in Oklahoma. You bring him home. If he's that sick, he needs to go home. So instead of minding his mama, I don't belong to her, I belong to Jesus. I fell down and said, Lord, can we go to California? He wants to go, and I want him to go. And the Lord said, Of course, he can go with you. So I said, I load him up in the truck, and I called her, and she said, you bring him home right now. And I said, no, I'm not going to bring him home. We're going to California. Everything's fine. And she started yelling at me. And when she did, he said, give me the phone. I handed him, the little five-year-old boy handed him the phone. He goes, Mom, you don't understand. God has made me well. And there was a silence on the phone. 
He said, Mom. He goes, Dad, Mom wants to talk to you, and I just got a big grin on my face. Because we do serve an awesome God. And all of a sudden, she got back on the phone, and she said, and she's probably going to hear this, but it doesn't matter. But she got back on the phone, she said, I hope you know if anything happens to that little boy, I will kill you. And I said, don't worry about that. God has already made him well. I hung up the phone. We had the most awesome trip all the way up to California. And, back. and we got way on out there. And of course, I'm, he's in the back watching TV or whatever. And he'll come up there and sit in the front. And he goes, Dad, put some more of that preaching on because I listen to Thurman. I listen to Thurman coming. I ain't lying. I get more spiritually high listening to the Word of God, driving that truck with the cruise control on and just going along. And I want to tell somebody about Jesus. The only time I turn Thurman off is turn the CB on and tell him about Jesus. But and that's the God's honest truth, you know. I mean, it is, it is. And as we got back, his mom came and met him in Oklahoma City, and and he he sat down to eat, and he started to cough, you know, because asthma. That's how we knew he was having asthma attack. He started to cough, and as he started to cough, he goes, "Mom, that don't mean nothing if I cough." He said, "We walk by faith and not by sight." He said. His teaching has literally changed my life. Thurman's teaching has changed my life. All my kids, all my, everybody is walking in obedience to God. We're blessed. We're too, hey, we're too blessed to be stressed. So, Brother Stewart, we love you. We love you. Oh, glory to God. Oh, praise the Lord. Wow. Oh, yeah, I remembered the third testimony. It was Randy. Randy. Randy, he started to go on J.C. Hogan Church up in Denton. Randy started going up there. He was a kind of a druggie and all kinds of stuff. A hippie type kid. He's doing everything wrong. And he got in with J.C. and J.C. led him straight. And uh, he told him, said, we need to go to a healing school. Well, he didn't know what a healing school was either. Because he had three, at least three to five epileptic seizures a week. And uh, <clears throat> he come down to a healing school in Justin, listened to me teach for about four or five hours. And then he came up for prayer. And after he came up and I prayed for him, he went back to the seat and J.C. said, uh, did you repent of all your sins? He said, well, no, I didn't repent of all of them. He said, well, you need to repent for all of them. So he repented to J.C. for all of his prayers. J.C. said, now get yourself back up here and let him pray for you again. So he come back up here and I prayed for him again. Drove those devils out of him. Commanded him to never come back. <clears throat> he was riding a motorcycle that day. And he had a big old bottle of pills that he took in his jacket. And so he got on the motorcycle and rode back to Denton. And when he got to Denton, he said, I'd heard everything you said and I just out of habit reached in my pocket to get that big bottle of pills to take some and he said they'd blowed out of my pocket on the way back to Denton and they were not there. So he said I never had another pill and he said I ain't never had another seizure in the last six months. Isn't God good? He's good. He's more than good. Praise the King. <laughs> now then I want us to go into the book of Acts and I want to show you some things what we're supposed to be doing. I'm going to, in fact, before I go to the book of Acts, I'm going to read one scripture in John 14 to you first. And I want to see, I want you to see what Jesus said 
And most of the church was like I was. They either don't know this or they don't believe this. But in John fourteen twelve, Jesus, verily, verily, or truly, truly, is what that means. And this is the king talking too. This is not just me. This is the king himself talking to you and me. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me. <clears throat> now, the way I look at this today, there must be very few believers in Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I hate to do that. But, you know, that's, that's the way it is. I mean, that right, Ernest? Jesus said, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Well, the first church believed him. And I want you to turn to Acts chapter 5, starting with verse 12, and I'm going to show you where we're supposed to be living. There's not very many of us living there. I certainly wasn't living there, and I'm still not living there where I want to be living. But I am getting to see the king do some awesome, wonderful things. I mean, oh... I was hoping William would be here today. I haven't seen William, but uh, uh, I don't see him anywhere here. But uh, William, I, I, I want William. I talked to William. In fact, I hadn't talked to William in years, and he's a little English guy. <clears throat> and uh, I asked some of the girls out there the other day, especially Wendy, because Wendy, that was the first miracle she had ever seen in her life. You know, she came to our ministry when she saw us on Daystar, and she came to the church I was pre- uh, speaking at over in North Richland Hills. And, uh, you know, she came and she loved the music. She'd never heard that kind of music in her Methodist church. And we had a, a guitar and, you know, a band, drums, and all kinds of good stuff. And we was, you know, doing some wild things, you know, raising our hands and worshiping the Lord, doing things that, you know, Baptists and Methodists don't do much of. And so, you know, maybe even dancing a little bit, you know, because we was a little happy in the Lord. And uh, then I preached about an hour and a half or something like that. Uh, for Jerry told me, he said, now, Thurman, you know, he said, I want you to talk on faith about 30 minutes. I said, Jerry, there ain't no way I can talk on faith on 30 minutes. I said, just turn me loose up there and I'll just talk as short as I can. So I talked about 90 minutes. That's about as short as I can round it up on faith. And so I talked about 90 minutes. I said, after talking of 90 minutes, I said, now then, anybody here need anything from God? And little Wendy was sitting back there in the back, and she never heard a message like this in her life. And she stands up, and, you know, she's kind of got her head down a little bit. And she said, i never seen nothing like this. And people started coming forward. And she said, I look over, and here's a little guy going down, and he's holding up his hand, a little short guy, and a little English guy. And his hand's all withered like this. And... This guy gets down to the podium down there where I am, and all of a sudden she's got her head bowed, and she hears somebody screaming, and she looks up, and there's this guy like a bunny rabbit jumping up and down all over the place screaming, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, and it was William. And she said that little withered hand I had just seen, he was throwing it all over the place, and it was perfect. And so he was instantly healed that day. And then, of course, Steve uh, <coughs> Blake Steve Blake walked up to me and he said, Thurman, he said, I got three ruptured discs in my back. Do you think God might heal me? I said, no, absolutely not. I said, I know he will. 
I said, in the name of Jesus, I restore and put my hands. I said, in the name, name of just healing God. I said, thank you, Lord. It's done in Jesus' name. I said, it's done, Steve. I said, do something you couldn't do. What could you not do? He said, well, I, my 10-year-old son here, I ain't never picked him up since he's born because he's ruptured his. I said, reach down and throw that boy over your back. Now, that takes real faith. That young man reached down and picked up his 10-year-old son, throwed him up over his back. He run around that place. And Wendy thought, I never... Never seen God do nothing like this ever had you with me. <laughs> but anyway, the other day I wanted to talk to William. I said, I ain't seen William for years. I said, you've seen him? She said, no, sir, I had not seen him for years either. I said, I don't even know his last name. She said, well, I don't know either. I said, well, we're going to have trouble finding a little English guy by the name of William. So I said, it's time to pray. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we all met. And when he made a note on the calendar, ten days later, William called us. He called us and we talked to him and he said, Thurman, how are you doing? And I said, praise God, I'm doing great. How are you doing? He said, I'm doing great. And I said, how's your hand? He said, oh, it's perfect. I said, you know, you need to come out to my church and give a testimony. He said, I'd love it. So he told me he'd be here last Sunday, but he wasn't here and I was hoping he'd be here today. So this week we will call him again and see what happened. Because I want to get that little English guy up here. I want to get his testimony. That little withered hand that was all drawn up for seven or eight years, it was like that. And... Instantly God healed that thing. But after all, I mean, what can God do? Anything we can believe Him for. <laughs> you know, that problem is in the church, we've stopped believing. This is what we've done. You know, we've stopped believing. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I went to church all my life and I never got to see any miracles in church. You know, I mean, very rarely. Some of you in here may have been in church like I was. You never got to see no miracles. But when you start believing God, Brother Paul, you get to see God do something. Whoa. I mean, and He can light your fire. And God becomes real. Now, see, that old devil, you know, he knows this and he don't want this to happen. So that beast, he gets in there. And I he just, he do everything he can at every truck stop. You come in on fire. He, now, now, son, settle down just a little. You know, just, just, you know, settle down just a little. They're going to try to put a damper on you. But they ain't going to do it no more, are they? <laughs> when you get on fire and seeing the things that boy's doing, I'm telling you, it's hard to put a damper on something like that. You know it? You know, when you got a roaring fire burning, and them flames are shooting about 500 feet tall, it's awful hard to put it out. Oh, you know, I'm not saying it can't be put out, but it's a little bit harder. Now, when you got one of them little tiny smoldering ones, you know, it's really just throw a little bit of cup of water on it and put that out. But when that burger gets to burning, I mean, when it gets to blazing, and you got some good wood or some good coal in there, and I mean, I can think... Of some of the roaring fires used to when I was a kid, we'd go down to the river and we'd go hunting or something during the winter time. It'd be cold about midnight. We'd stop. We'd find us a bunch of old dead logs and we'd put them off out there somewhere and we'd build us a little old tiny fire and get it going. And in a little while, man, we'd have a fire, you know, this big around, just blazing this tall, and we're standing up there warming that thing, fire shooting up higher in our head. Why, if you wanted to put that thing out, you'd have to go down and get five gallon buckets full of water and put that thing out. You know, you couldn't put it out. But when it was that little teeny thing, just barely go like you to spit on it and put it out. But you know, we don't want we don't want fire like that in the church. We want a we want a fire going out through the top of this thing that they can see all over Dallas. Amen. You know, that's the kind of fire we want, right, Wendy? 
We want to see, because we like to see God do wonderful things. I'll tell you what, for a little Methodist girl that never seen God do nothing, that changed that little girl's life forever. I mean, Wendy has become a different young lady. I mean, she works for us in the ministry now. I mean, she's on fire for Jesus. She's just doing something good for Jesus 24-7. I'm telling you, she's a precious little daughter of mine in Cheryl's now. We claim her as our baby. You know? <laughs> oh, goodness. She says, I'm our second dad. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, after John 14, 12, what did the king say we could do? Hey, it is, well, let's, it's something wrong with this deal. Something wrong with this picture. There's got to be something wrong with this picture. You go to church, you don't never get to see nothing happen. Is that right, Terry? I mean, you get to go to church, you don't never see a miracle in church hardly ever, do you? Is something wrong with this picture? What is wrong with it? Well, I guess that, like I say, the fire has been put out. It's virtually not even smoldering. You know, we, we just, I mean, there's not hardly even any sparks left. We just don't believe God will do these wonderful things. I know mine used to be totally, totally put out. I didn't even have a smoldering fire. But one day when I began to read this book in detail, ooh, and this book came alive to me like Brother Paul said there a while ago, this book's on fire now. I mean, this book takes on a whole new meaning. This is not just an old book. This is the book. You know, I mean, you can. this book will heal you. This book will save you. This book will deliver you from demons. This will change your life forever. And it's great. It exceeds anything you've ever seen. Let's see what he says here in verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought or worked among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Many signs and miracles and wonders because they were all in one accord. They were all believing the same thing. They were all believing that Jesus is the only way to heaven. They were all believing that you're supposed to walk in love. They were all believing that you could do these many wonderful things. They believed. And so since they all believed, the power was there. And it says, Out of the rest does no man join himself to them, but the people magnifies them. And of the rest does no man join himself to them. Hmm, there's a message right there. You need to be careful who you go out with. I was even told by a man the other day, he looked me right in the face and said, Thurman, who do you have as a real close friend? I looked at him and I said, I can name them all on one hand. He said, a man like you, you ought to have thousands of friends. I said, I got thousands of friends, but they're not intimate with me. I said, a lot of people want to be intimate with me. But I don't want them intimate with me. I said, I'm very careful who I deal with. I only want to deal with men that are holy and walking in faith. Other than that, I'm not interested. I'll teach you anything, but I am not going to spend a whole lot of time with you unless I know your interest is the Word of God in its fullness. If you're still living in the world, forget it. 
You know, if you're watching TV, if I come over to your house and you're watching TV, forget it. I ain't staying. I'm not going to sit there and watch that stupid television with you. If I get in the car and drive down the road and you've got something on that's not Christian, I ain't going to ride with you very long. Well, you're going to turn that thing off. It's like the Friday, yesterday, yeah, yesterday after we went to the healing school, we stopped by a little Mexican restaurant in Justin. Of course, they had a lot of Spanish people in there. So they was listening to a Spanish program on TV. I was, we were sitting on the far side against the wall, on the television on the far side against the wall in that corner by the cash register. But it's still, I could hear it. And there's one of them stupid programs about a family or something that to get on there, that come on there to argue about what they've done wrong to each other. And they're jumping up and down, screaming and fussing at each other. On tel- if I had something to fuss about with my family, I wouldn't do it on national television before the world to see my dirty laundry. I think that's the height of stupidity. But that just shows you that's the way the devil does things. If I... I want to, when I got, to, when got ready to leave, the lady said, how was everything? I said, the food was good. Your television was lousy. And I said, if I come back and you're watching that lousy stuff again, I won't eat in your place no more. And I won't. I ain't going in there again. Next time when I walk in there, if I ever walk in there again, I'm going to see what's on the TV. And if they got it on, and it's that kind of stuff, I'm going to say, if you want my business, you turn it off till I leave. When I leave, you can turn the beast back on. But while I'm here, I ain't listening to that trash. I'm not filling myself with that kind of junk. And if I can't find some place that won't do that, then I'll go to the grocery store and buy my groceries and make them myself. <laughs> but I ain't going to listen to that junk. Amen. That's why I'm careful who I make my friends. Yes, you become a partaker of their sin. Yes, and that's what the Lord's telling us here. Amen. Be careful. Be careful. Don't connect yourself to nobody. Join yourself... Only join yourself to men or women of faith. And if you're a man, only join yourself to men of faith. Not to women. Only men. You know, if you're a woman, only join yourself to women of faith. You don't, if you're a woman, I don't care if you're married, single, or whatever, you don't never join yourself to an opposite sex in the spirit realm. You always join yourself to like people like you. And you won't ever have any problems. But if you don't, Something that devil will get in there somehow, some way, and he'll mess you up. And you don't want that to happen either. So you want to walk holy. This gospel that we walk in is a demanding holy gospel. And I've come to realize that most of the church don't like to hear this holy message. Gospel is preached. But if without it, it says, no man shall see the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want to see him one day when I get to heaven. I want to hear him say, well done, faithful servant. I sure don't want to hear him say, I never knew you. You thought more about the world than you did me. Can you, can you only imagine seeing the king wave his hand into outer darkness to the pit with you? No, I don't know, Lord. Don't want to hear that. No, Lord. Because there ain't going to be no reprieve. You can't say I'm filed into a higher court. It ain't going to work. He is the highest court, right, Frank? Ain't no court higher than the king. And believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes, both of men and women. Now, when you're out there doing the Lord's work, you're going to win people into the kingdom of God. You're going to get people saved and healed. In fact, you know, as I'm listening to these stories about what's happening and thinking about, this is beyond my wildest dreams. I mean, really, literally, I mean, you think that we're on television on the complete North and South American continent. 
you know, five and six times a week, 30 minutes at a time, we're on Christian television on the North and South American continent. I never dreamed of any such thing like that ever happening in my life. But it is. It's happening. And then I think about getting to go to Ireland and teach a bunch of Catholic people and seeing their world turned right side up. And now then having one of the mothers over there, one of my distributors, she can't get enough of my stuff to give away to everybody. She's giving them to every Catholic person she knows. And I think, God, what are you doing? And then we go to Germany. And we meet with a group of people that he's over 3,000 churches. And they want to know if they can duplicate my stuff and send it out all over to everywhere. I told them, have a heyday. You know, whatever they want to do. We'll send it anywhere or they want to make it duplicated. It's not copyrighted. I mean, God made it. You can send it. Anybody can use it anytime, anywhere they want to. You know, I don't copyright nothing. That's why I put it on the Internet so you can download it free. All he wants you to get the Lord's business and learn what he said and start doing what he says and not worry about it. <clears throat> and so God is just doing these great things. And then I think about people like Paul back here handing out these CDs from coast to coast. One guy handing these things out. But I think about the thousands of people that have ordered these things that are doing the same things that are handing them out all over. And then that brings to my mind a few years ago. When a lady called me one morning, she said, Durbin, I had a dream last night. And I said, well, okay. She said, it was about you and Jesus. I said, okay. I said, what happened? Well, she said, I was in this dream and I looked up and said, there stood Jesus. And I could see him. And said, I turned and looked and there was a multitude of people that I couldn't even number. She said, Thurman, there had to be millions of them. And she said, I said, Lord, who are these people? He said, those are people I'm going to save and heal through my servant, Thurman Scrivener. And she called me and told me that. I said, oh, God. You know, be, you know, as an old country boy, you know, that, I mean, an old country cowboy kind of rocks your back. I mean, it's a boy that thought he'd never get out of Texas. Thought he'd never get out of Mills County. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, I can understand now what uh, Moses felt like, or Joshua, all the rest of them. But God, I, I can't even talk good, Lord. What do you mean, me leading your nation, your people out? That's okay. I'll, I'll do it. I, I just need a human being to work. But, but God, I'm tongue-tied. Lord, I can't do this. God says, Moses, it's not you doing it. It's me. You just go do what I say. And then he gets up there to that sea standing there. And here's the sea in front of him. And the Egyptians coming after him in behind. And Moses saying, God, look at what kind of a mess have you got us in? He said, do something. You know, don't just stand there. Raise up your staff so I can do something. So Moses raised his staff and bam, the sea separated. You know. Whoa! After a while, Moses began to get the idea. Hey, it ain't me, it's God. All I got to do is act and God does something. And when we get a hold of that, we can do it, can't we, Wendy? Whoa, when we realize it's God, even Wendy can pray for people out there. Now she realizes it ain't her. She can voice a prayer for somebody and wow, God can do great and awesome things. 
Cheryl, she's just learning how. I mean, the other night, when we, the other week when we was in Germany, here she is, a team up with me. She's got a lady over there, interpreter, and I got one, and there's another team, and Cheryl's praying for people, and God doing miracles and healing and deliverances for her just like He is for me. Amen. You know, it's God, you know. Oh yeah, oh not not only that, but yeah, we've already translated it into German. We got it both in German and English now. I've got some, several hour, many hours of teaching that's translated into German. And then I had a guy just I just answered his email this week. He said I've got a hold of this teaching and I'm from India. I'm a pastor, and he said this teaching has got to get out all over India. He said, I'm telling you, is it okay if I translate this into the Indian languages? I said, I sent him back and I, I said, have a heyday. I said, just do anything you want to do. Make as many copies as you want to, to the glory of God. I have no idea what God's going to do with all this stuff. My congregation is not this little congregation here, I can tell you for sure. It goes all over the world. It's beyond my wildest dreams. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. What a God we serve. But look what he says. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter just passing by might overshadow some of them. This is where the church is still supposed to walk. Peter had the kind of faith that we all need. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Isn't that awesome? All you got to have is some men of faith. And, you know, as little faith as I got. You know, I, some people come to me and, you know, they say, you've got the greatest faith in any human being I've ever seen. I'd love to just come and live with you for a week or two or three. I've had many people do that. I've had men of great positions of power in government and everything else make me. <laughs> Thurman, can I come and spend two weeks with you? I said, no, no, you can't come live with me for two weeks. You know, but I just want to be with you. I'll carry your suitcase for you. I said, oh, give me a break. <laughs> but I'm serious. These are men in power. You know, I said, give me a break. You know, I'm just a man. But they keep telling me, we've never seen anybody walk in this. Well, what a shame. We ought to all be walking in this. This ought to be everybody's goal to walk. If I can walk there, if I've been able to do what I've been able to do and pray the prayer of faith for people when I was a nobody, a little Baptist deacon that didn't know up from down and I didn't know how to do nothing in the kingdom and never seen a prayer answer. When I got in this book and began to believe what this said and started acting on it, it started happening. So if God will do that for me, what will He do for you? Hey, the same thing for you. So he did it for Peter. He did it for me. He'll do it for you. And I know he's going to do greater and bigger things because we're going to spend... I know I'm just going to make my wife happy. I'm going to start spending more and more time with God. (laughs) Somehow, somehow I'm going to increase that anointing. I want to get to the point 
I want to get to the point where lots of people come to the ministry center get healed. When they leave, they're healed. And when they come to healing schools, they're healed. But I want to get to the point where Peter was when he walked down the street, just his shadow fell over people and they got healed. Ain't that the way to be earnest? That's where we want to be. That's where all of us want to be. It's available. And then he says, they brought this multitude out of the cities around about unto Jerusalem, bringing these sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Then the high priest rose up. Uh-oh, this is a church leader, so get ready. It ain't changed. It's already happened to me. So guarantee, Sharon, it'll happen. You've got to know these devils are going to rise up in these religious leaders. I, I, hate, I hate to say it, but that's where they're at. You know, Ty, you've been thrown out of a couple of pretty good churches. You know what I mean. You know, you wouldn't believe that a man of God could go over to a church, a good friend of his, and start preaching his gospel to God, throw him out. You know, isn't that a shame? It's awful. You know, what they're doing today. But it happens. Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and that were filled with indignation. They were really upset. And they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. I mean, gee whiz, aren't these guys mean guys? They're out breaking the law. They're killing people. You know, they're robbing people. No, these guys are out healing the sick. You know, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead. I mean, you'd think the city would be blessed, wouldn't you? Well, that goes to show you who's running the city. That goes to show you who's running the church. It's definitely not God. In this case, it was the devil. The devil is the only one that you make mad when you start doing the things God calls you to do. And so these, these leaders of the church, they were the one that were mad. So it was the devil in them. They had opened doors through sin. And these devils had come in, these people. And these devils were mad. I mean, they don't want this happening. That's their job to make us sick and afflict us. So it says there, they literally laid their hands on these apostles and put them in the They throw these guys in jail. You know, and they wasn't, they wasn't too easy about it either. I mean, they grabbed them and took them down and throwed them in jail. And they really done some bad things. Healed the sick. Oh, by the way, for those of you that don't know, if you go to France, be very careful where you pray for the sick. The French have made a new law. It's a federal offense, imprisonment for laying hands on the sick and praying for them in the name of Jesus because it's practicing medicine without a license. And that is a federal offense in France. It was on the news the other day. You do it, they go, and they catch you, they go lock you up for praying for the sick. Isn't that wonderful? Doesn't that sound just like the devil? Here you're going to go in there and you're going to have to get like Smith Wigglesworth. You're going to have to learn just like he did. You're going to have to walk up and say, okay, I'm going to have a meeting. I'm going to have a healing meeting downtown in Paris. Call everybody, police and everything. The law says I can't lay hands on the sick and pray for healing. Okay, so the God I serve, he don't need me to do nothing. I'm just going to show up down here and I'm not going to pray for a single person. I'm just going to ask God to heal everybody here and I ain't going to do nothing. I'm just going to put him on the throne. I'm going to say, God, heal every one of your sick people here in the name of Jesus and watch him heal everybody there. And you say, now that you can't do nothing, you go get him. He's the one who did it. Go find him if you can. Go get the king. 
Isn't that amazing? There's got to be a way around it, doesn't there? Isn't there? There's, there's a way around it. But you know, we've not reached that low point yet, but I'm telling you, it's coming in America. You better watch it. I was telling that group this morning, I said, did you know in the Old Testament, the Lord says, go into the land, and everybody that's not a believer in me, you kill them. You rid the land of them. You kill the men, the women, and the children, and you take them out, and you tear down their sanctuaries. You rid evil from among you. And you know what we're doing today? A nation that just a few years ago, when it was founded, said, if you're not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can't be a state in the United States of America. That was the prerequisites originally. If you're not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot be a state in the United States of America. And so now then, because we have allowed other people to come in and bring their gods. Now, freedom of religion, what it was originally intended to be, you have freedom to worship the Lord Jesus Christ in any kind of a church you want to, whether it's Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, but you have to have the center of that church as the Lord Jesus Christ. It don't mean you can bring in a Muslim mosque. It doesn't mean you can bring in any kind of religion. Only believers in Jesus. So now then they've totally turned that all around and say, you've got freedom of religion. So freedom of religion to worship Allah, Muhammad, Mohammed, Buddha, or Jesus. No, Jesus, no, we can't have that. You know, you take that out of school. We don't want the Ten Commandments on the wall. We don't want the Bible in school. Now, you can read the Muslim Bible in school. You can talk about all this good stuff. But we, this Jesus guy, we don't want him. This is how far we've fell. So let me tell you, as I have said before, and I'm going to tell you again, don't never, ever, anybody that says they're not a believer in Jesus Christ, and especially if they're a Muslim, I'm going to tell you, a Muslim cannot be an American citizen. Not legally. A Muslim, he cannot take an oath to this nation. To protect this nation. Because if he's a Muslim, he is bound to his God. And his God says to kill Jews and Americans and, and Christians. And so, if you, and there's businesses, they're everywhere. Everywhere you go today. In fact, I went up here the other day to see about this little Walnut Hill uh, hotel. About putting up people there that come here for the healing school. When I walked there and found up there Muslim, I said, that's it, forget it. I would never put nobody in this place. Nobody. I ain't going to put nobody in no place if it's a Muslim. And I'm going to stop staying in places where Muslims own them. I'm going to be very selective. When I go somewhere, I am not going to give my money to a false god. And you may think I'm too hard, but I tell you, that's the way I see it. You know, I am not going to, I am not going to support foreign gods. Because Jesus told us in the Old Testament we're supposed to kill them. But today, He tells us we need to pray against them. We need to pull down their thrones. We need to pull down their strongholds. He doesn't tell us to kill them today. He tells us to love them. But He does tell us to not get involved with them. In fact, right here in the church, He's telling us ourselves. He said, if you have a brother that's in church and he does not obey my rules, 
You are to treat him as an unbeliever and you have nothing to do with him. Do not even invite him to your house for a meal. Because if you do, you'll become a partaker of his sin. But most people don't know the word, so they don't know. They just go to anybody's house, sit down with anybody, and have a meal with anybody. You know, the guy you walk in, the guy's watching some, uh, uh, who knows what they're watching or listening to on television. Yeah. Soap operas. You watch that very often? Oh, yeah, yeah, four or five hours a day. And you want to know why you're sick and afflicted? That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm telling you, I got your answer. <laughs> I tell you what, God will call you. If He if, and God sees you, if you're watching soap operas three or four or five hours a day, I'm gonna tell you what God's calling you. He's calling you a whore. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. That's what He's calling you. And if you don't want to be called a whore before God, you better stop doing what He don't like, because He don't. I mean, He in the Word He tells you this over and over. He tells you this, and He's the, He don't He don't cut no boundaries here. He just says, "What are you? You're a prostitute." You know, you're a whore because you don't do what I tell you to do. Well, let me tell you, I don't think God likes that. And so since he don't like it, I don't want to be called one. So I am going to have nothing to do with nothing except the Christian world. You know, I'm going to be very careful who I deal with, who I stay with and everything, because I don't want to be a partaker of their sin. And when I sleep in a hotel, I'm going to... Plead the blood of Jesus over that bed before I go to bed in it too. I want to. I want to know that that bed is covered in the blood of Jesus, because even an unbeliever might have slept there. Who knows? And you can't ever tell. A demon might have been in that bed too. He might still be there. Now then, after look what happens after you get thrown in jail. These guys got thrown in jail for preaching the gospel. Verse 19, but, but the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this new life. Just think. When you got God on your side, the enemy don't have a chance. Here they threw these guys into the inner prison and locked them up door after door after door to get out. And when nighttime came, this guard standing, you know, with their spears at every doorway. An angel just walks up there and blinds her eyes, blinds her eyes, blinds her eyes, walks up there and opens the gate, grabs Peter, Peter, get up, come on, let's go outside. He said, what, 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 he said, what's this? He thought he's having a dream. Angel said, I said, get up, let's go. And so that angel's walking, he walks out that door and he looks and there's him guard standing there and he said, shh, be quiet. <laughs> Did you just see him doing that? That, that angel probably turned him gates and coming. <laughs> he just said, don't be so noisy. Walks on out to the next one. Clang, locks them doors, takes him right out in the middle of the street and says, Okay, go preach this gospel now. Tell them what I told you. Hey, when you got God on your side, He's got a plan for you. There ain't nothing the devil can throw at you. There ain't nothing the devil can do to take you out. I don't care what he puts on you until God's through with you. There ain't nothing that devil can do to take you out until God's finished with you. 
So don't you ever be afraid of nothing. It don't matter what that devil throws on you. It makes matter what kind of signs or symptoms or nothing else. That devil puts on you. You don't believe none of them. You dedicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and service for His kingdom forever. And I guarantee if you're serious about doing work business for God, God will keep you in that truck cost of that United States from shore to shore, from coast to coast, until He's through with you, Paul. I mean, and whenever He's getting through with you, then He'll take you home. But in the meantime, there ain't no wreck, there ain't no truck wreck, there ain't nothing in this world can take you out. You know, just like another friend of mine, he, I mean, he got caught on fire just like you did. He's a truck driver. And he delivers new trucks all over the country. And he listened to them CDs and DVDs just like you do. And boy, in that little Baptist church, he is down here in south of Dallas. I mean, he has seen blind eyes open. He's seen kids with hearts get healed. I mean, he's seen awesome things happen. He came here to a healing school one of them, sat up here for 30 minutes and gave testimonies. What God's been using him for. Well, he was listening to my series on uh, how to walk in God's anointing, I believe it was. And he was down in Florida, and that devil put him to sleep, and he ran off the road and ran way up into trees and turned that truck over, and I mean it liked to kill him. Did I mean almost killed him? But uh, they come up there and got him and took him out of there. And he first thing he did when he could get to where he was in the hospital, we get a phone. First thing he did is called me and said, "Brother Thurman, you got to pray for me." I said, "Orville, I'm laying down here in Florida in the hospital." And he said, I don't know how bad I'm hurt, but he said, I'm bleeding all over. So he said, just pray for me. And I know I'm healed in the name of Jesus. And we did. And he was. And he was in a few days. And he got out and he come home. And then he was up here at home just a little while. And he left to go get some groceries and stuff one afternoon. He come home and his house was burning down. You know, his house was burning down. And the fire department was there and they got it put out. They thought and left about half of it. and, and But everything was ruined in it. And so he said they sat around for a couple hours and said, well, you know, we can't fix no supper now. We might as well just go buy something somewhere else. They went out somewhere and had something to eat. Come back, the rest of it had burned down. The house had burned to the ground, the whole thing. So he said, when I got back, I thought, fire department was back again. He said, what a blessing. Now they're going to buy me a whole new house. Yeah. Before that, they had to only fix half of it. Now they've got to buy me a whole brand new one. So, you know, he, he said, ain't nothing going to get me upset. I'm just going to praise God. He said, that devil can throw anything he wants to throw at me. And he said, I ain't getting upset at nobody except the devil. Amen. See, he's found the answer, too. But I'm telling you, that boy, I mean, he stepped out on faith. And he's one of them guys went, a little, went down to a boys' camp with a little five-year-old, I think it was. His, and he told me, he said, his little, well, this little boy had a bad heart valve. And the doctors was going to put a pig's valve in his heart in the, in the near future, like in September. And this was in August or whatever, or July. And he wanted to go to camp with RAs. And his mother said, he can't go to camp if he were to have an impact on his chest. It'll kill him, the doctor says. He said, Mama, please, I want to go to camp with the boys. Orville said, Ma'am, I will watch over this boy with my own life. I will protect him, make sure he don't get a single hit, hurt, no kind. Please let him go. She said, okay. So she said, he said, we got down there, we're sitting there at night, and I told the boy, I said, you know, son, I want to tell you some things I've learned. I'm going to tell you that Jesus is the healer. I'm going to tell you God made you some promises, and he'd give you a new valve. You don't have to have that doctor put in that pig valve. And he built that little boy's faith that week, and he prayed. And he said, now you got to believe, son. He said, sir, I believe Jesus. Little five year old boy. He believed the Word of God. They got back home. He said, Now, Brother Orville, I don't believe I need this medicine no more, but you know when I get home, my mama, she ain't going to believe. 
you know, my mama's going to make me take this medicine. So I got to obey my mama. He said, that's right, you do, son. You obey your mama. I said, but God understands that. But he says he knows where your faith is. So he got back home and told his mother. He said, mother, I don't need the medicine no more. Jesus says, heal me. She's a really good Baptist. She said, I know, son. Yeah, I know. But we're going to take you medicine every day anyway, just like the doctor said. He said, okay, mama, I'll take it. But I know I am healed. They go back in September to check his heart. A pre-inspection before they actually do the surgery. And the doctor checked the little boy's heart. And there was not one thing wrong with his little heart. Isn't God awesome? Oh, God is so good. He understands faith of a five-year-old. You know, but them's, them's the ones that get it the easiest. You know, they hadn't been, they don't have to be double trained like you and me. Oh, you know, well, now, God, this God thing, you know, is He really real? Yeah, I've been in church all my life and I ain't never seen a miracle, so why should I think He's going to start now? Well, it was your fault, not God. You're the one that left, not Him. You're the one that stopped believing, not Him. He's wondering what's wrong with you. You know, that's what He's wondering. What's wrong with Thurman? Why don't He believe? Well, he says here, then he says, uh, But when they heard that, verse 21, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. By the high, but the high priest came, and they that were with him, and called the council together, and all the senate of the children of Israel, and they sent to the prison to have them brought. Can you imagine? But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, said, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers were still standing in there before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man inside. I mean, the guards were still there. I mean, these guys are still standing there. They don't even know the guy's missing. They hadn't even looked in. You know, I mean, their eyes have been blinded. They're standing there with us on me just like this. When these other guys start walking, they say, who are you? They say, we're, we're from the uh, high priest. We come to get, oh, okay, no problem. As long as you're the high priest. But they ain't looked in there yet. Because they know that's a concrete or a block wall, a, a block, a rock wall, and they know ain't nobody coming through that thing. But see, they, they didn't come through that rock wall. They come right through the gate. Opened the gate and walked right out. Isn't that amazing what God can do? Woo, I love it. Now, when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them wherewith this could grow. I mean, this can't be true. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. These guys are down there preaching. These guys you locked up last night, they're down in the church house. They're preaching the Word of God. What is wrong? How did these guys get out of jail? Then went the captain with the officers, and they brought them without violence, for they feared the people. Now here these guys are down here healing the sick, preaching the good news. People are getting saved and all this. And all of a sudden, the church leaders are going to come in and drag them out by the collar. And you can imagine what the people... Wait, what, what are you fixing to do to these guys? Now they've got a big audience out there. And these people love... The people always love God's Word. It's always the religious leaders, the one you've got to fight with. Ain't never the people. The people love God's Word. I mean, I don't care what I'm speaking in a group of people with 
a hundred people or a group of three thousand people. It makes no difference. When you tell these things in there, there and God's people hear it, man, they can get excited. They can get excited. I mean, they can stand up like I can think of that little girl. She was one of 3,000 people that day when I was speaking to a multitude of people. I mean, that's the biggest crowd I ever spoke to live, 3,000. But I was speaking to 3,000 people that day. And when I told the story about Philip and quoted the Scriptures, this little girl and her daddy was there. And she looked at him and she said, Daddy, if God took those warts off of Philip's hands, he loves me as much as he does Philip. He would take them off of me. She had 13 warts on the back of her hand. She looked at him and she said, Lord, thank you for taking him off my hand. And that man said, Thurman, as God is my witness, I watched all 13 of them warts just fall off my daughter's hand on the floor. Is God awesome? Is He awesome? I'm telling you, that little girl had faith, didn't she, Wendy? Little bitty girl. If God if will do that for Philip, He'll do it for me. Yes, He will. If you got faith. And He took him off of her. And when He told me that, I thought, Oh, Lord, Lord, You're so awesome. What do you have to do to get to do miracles for us? You know how difficult it is to get through. To us, these are all church people I'm preaching. These ain't out on the sidewalk like He's doing it. He's out on the streets. And the people are getting healed and delivered. But let me tell you, the easiest people in the world to get healed are lost people on the streets. You want to see God do miracles? Go out there and pray for lost people. You see people that are sick and afflicted? Walk by and just touch them in the name of Jesus. Say, the king of the universe told me to lay hands on you and he had healed you. His name, Jesus, just so you'll know who did it. And then just rebuke that devil that's got him bound up and say, you're healed in the name of Jesus and walk off. And do that in faith and watch and see what God does. I think about this woman that I went down to uh, Beaumont to see her and her husband one time years ago. And when I was there, she told me this personally. She said, I was, when I was a much younger woman, at this time she was about 80. She said, when I was a much younger woman, she said, I was going through Nashville. And she said, it had been years ago. And said, I kept running from one plane to another trying to catch it. And she said, I was running through that terminal. And I think about Cheryl and me. We've done that a little bit. And uh, I mean, literally, we've done that. But I thought about that that day. And she said, I'm running through that terminal. All of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me and said, you see that lady over in that wheelchair? Yes, Lord. She said, he said, run over there and lay hands on her and say, be healed in my name and I'll heal her for you. Lord, I'm going to miss my plane. He says, do it. Okay, run over. And she says, be healed in the name of Jesus. That's all the time I got. And she said, I'll run. So the lady didn't have a clue what's happened. She went to her meeting, come back the next day. She looked at the newspaper. Mystery. Yesterday in the airport, a mysterious woman came through, laid hands on a woman, been in a wheelchair for years, and she ran off, don't know who she is, but the lady was miraculously healed right in the airport in Nashville, Tennessee. Isn't that awesome? What God has to do with us to do miracles. And then when He wants to do one, we ain't got time to give Him the time to do it. All she had time to run over and just lay her hands on her and say, Be healed in the name of Jesus. And the lady got healed. You know, when God speaks to you, don't ever fail to do what He tells you to do. Because if you do, He'll quit talking to you. You know, you need to remember when God tells you to do something, brother, you need to do what He says. It's, it's awesome to hear God speak to you. I love to hear the king speak to me. I just love it when he talks. It's so wonderful. Then he says here, it says here, they found no man inside now. It says when 
Uh, where were we down there? Verse 20, 27. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? So what is it so significant about this name? They won't even say the name, will they? Because if they were to speak the name of Jesus, they might get saved. And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intent to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. If we as just the church could get a hold of that little statement. Do you know today that you're technically, it's not politically correct in your workplace to talk in the name of Jesus? I know. I fought those battles when I was in my workplace. You know, in fact, one day I'm driving down the road with my radio. Now, this system I built and designed for the Marriott, I mean the uh, Skyship Corporation, the last one I worked for. Whenever they bought Cater Air, which bought Marriott, those are the people I worked for for 29 years. I, they were buying airtime from AirRink, which was charging them a fortune. And when I saw what they were buying and paying, and they had like 13 locations across the country that were paying tremendous dollars for airtime to communicate between their shop and airplane. And I thought, you know, why don't they buy their own frequencies? Do they not know that's available? And so I went up and talked to my director, and I said, hey, I said, Charles, why don't y'all buy your own frequencies and your own radios? And have your own radio system. I said, then you'll have no limitations. How many you can put on it or anything? He said, no, Thurman, you know, we can't do that. I said, why? He said, well, nobody knows how to do that. I said, I do. I know how to do it. I said, it's a piece of cake. I know how to design and build a radio system. I said, I can put it up. I can do everything. I said, I know how to go to the FCC. I can get the, I can get the licenses. I can get the frequencies. I know how to get the equipment down here. I can get it. I can I, I I go by it. I can set it up and do all the tests to see what frequencies are being used in this area, see which ones are free and clear. And I said, I can buy those frequencies. No problem. I said, once I buy them, they're ours. You can use them forever. And he said, what all this cost? Can you put me a spreadsheet together on all this? I said, sure. So I put him next up a few days. I put him a spreadsheet together over all this and put it together with the same number of radios. And it would only take 18 months to completely pay back the system. That's awesome. 18 month payback. I mean, I don't know if anybody's been in the business or not, but if you have been, you know, 18 months is awesome. You know, you know, 18 month payback, man, hey, no, that's unreal. And then after that, it's, it's butter on the table after that. He couldn't believe it. So he went to a meeting with American. And one day they said, we're fixing to close out the radio system. We're going to the new digital radios. And instead of costing y'all $10 a month, Per radio, they're going to cost you $30 a month per radio. And instead of the radios costing $800, they're going to cost $2,500 a piece for the radios. He come back and said, Thurman, you tell me more about that radio system? <laughs> I said, sure. He said, are you sure you can do this? I said, I guarantee I can do this. And so I bought all that stuff, put it all in, 
put those put radios and all them trucks and everything. And now then we got communications all over. Now, I mean, man, before we were limited to like six or eight miles. Now these will reach 25 miles. I mean, we can really cover some ground. So one day I'm coming into work with my radio. I always take it home with me because I can talk to the guys all about where I live. You know, talk to my guys. So anyway, I'm coming to work one morning. I said, Lord, I, I'm going to, you know, I'm a little late over what I normally was in the morning. I said, Lord, how in the world am I going to get to where I can always be at the right place at the right time so I can pray with all these guys every morning before I start? And he just as clear said, how about using your radio? I said, Lord, that was so difficult. Why couldn't I have thought of that? So I just picked my radio up off my, I said, good morning, gentlemen. Is everybody there? I want y'all to check in with me. This is Thurman, your boss. Click, 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 click. Each one begin to punch in. You know, this is so-and-so, so-and-so. So. I said, everybody here? Everybody's here. I said, okay, guys. I said, now then, everybody just listen. And I keep my mic on his Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I begin to pray for those guys over the radio. And I got through praying, and I hung the mic up, and I said, I said have a good day, guys, in Jesus' name. Hung up the mic. And they said, wow. I mean, it's awesome. And so we begin, I begin to pray for them every day. And then some other guys in some other departments would be listening. One of my guys would be walking through and he'd stop somewhere, time to pray, he'd stop. Right in the middle, you know, of maybe 10 or 20 people. And I'm praying and people are hearing me pray. I didn't realize. And so some of those people, which are not Christians, they went to the HR and complained. And so I was called in office. Thurman, you offend people. I said, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. How did I offend somebody? They said, they heard you say that if you were not a believer in Jesus, you were going to die and go to hell. I said, oh, goodness. I said, I did not say that. They said, but they said you did. I said, no, no, I was just repeating what Jesus said. I said, the king, the king of the universe, he's the one said that. I mean, didn't he say that in Mark 16? You know, if you believe in me, you'll be saved. If you don't, you'll be damned to hell. I mean, the king, i just repeating what the king said. I said, take it up with him. He's the one who said it. And of course, my director, he said, Thurman, you're impossible. I said, okay, praise God. But I said, you know, I'm telling you the truth. And I said, after all, I thought you were Christian. And the HR lady said, I thought you were a Christian. Then whose side are you on? Well, we're on the company side. I said, no, no, you're putting the company before you're putting God. I said, now then. So, I mean, I didn't cut nobody no slack while I was down there. And I can remember that day when... John, head of HR. I mean, I, I sent that little email over with all the list of trucks. I had everything so computerized at that company. They had never seen anything like I had done over there because I have the mind of Christ. I had everything in such good order. I mean, and he wanted a list of trucks. Man, I could put it on a, I could take everything I had converted, put it on a, a, a spreadsheet and send it right over to them and everything in the category by truck, anything they wanted it. You know, I could do it. Had 150 trucks out there, all sizes. I could do anything I wanted. I could get it to them in a heartbeat. I could tell them if they wanted to know how many parts I'd spent in the last year. I could put it on a category by parts and everything and pop it to them in an email in five minutes. I mean, I knew how to do all that stuff. So anyway, I sent him the list of trucks he wanted. And somebody just sent me a little deal called, It's Beautiful, The Six Days of Creation. You may have seen that. Little, And I attached that to it. I thought, it's beautiful. It took about a minute and a half to watch it. It's beautiful. And so I sent it. I didn't know who this guy was. Well, I don't know, two or three or four weeks later, uh, John from HR, the head man, he called me and he says, uh, 
I need to come talk to you on Monday. Can I see you? Will you be there at 4 o'clock? I said, sure. He said, well, I just need to come talk. I said, what's it about? He said, no problem. I can't tell you till I get there Monday. I said, okay. So I hung up the phone. And I thought, hmm, now I wonder what I've done. <laughs> the head man, the head man of HR don't come see a manager unless he's got a real problem. So, okay, so Monday comes in. He walks in. He says, Thurman, you remember sending an email to so-and-so over at corporate a few weeks ago? I said, oh, yeah, yeah. said he wanted a list of trucks. I said, I sent it to him. He said, do you remember uh, an attachment you also put with it? I thought, I said, no, I don't remember an attachment. All he wanted was a list of trucks. And he pulled out of his briefcase a picture of the screen. And when he handed it, oh, yeah. That, oh, I said, yeah, wasn't that beautiful? <laughs> he says, as a matter of fact, everybody in corporate from the CEO down has seen that. And he said, yes, it is quite beautiful, but you offended a guy. I said, isn't that a shame? You know, isn't that a shame? I said, he wasn't a Christian, I can tell you for sure. I said, because if you're a Christian, this would have been beautiful. I said, it's the creation of our lovely God and what he did for us. He said, Thurman, they told me, I have to tell you, you can't do this no more with your emails. I said, i got to tell you, John, I'm going to do anything I want to do with the email. I said, I'm going to attach anything I want to. I'm going to do anything I want to do. He said, Thurman, this is company computers. I said, I know. But I'm a man of God. If I want to attach something that nice to it, I said, they attach all kinds of nasty things and send them to me. So I said, when they attach them nasty things, I don't go screaming and hollering at you. I said, do you ever get anything like that that offends you? He said, well, as a matter of fact, I have. I said, so why aren't you doing something about the vulgar things they send and the nasty little comments? I said, here I send something beautiful about God, and you want to tell me to stop it? I said, no, I'm not going to stop. He said, Thurman, we can fire you for this. I said, have a heyday. I said, just go ahead. I'm sitting here waiting. I said, I'll pick up myself and leave right now. He said, Thurman, you're impossible. I said, I'll tell you, I'm not hard to get along with. I said, if you want to fire me, just do it. He said, Thurman, I can't fire you. I said, I thought you said you could. He said, well, no, they told me I could threaten to fire you, but said I couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I said, and why not? He said, the CEO said, you're the best engineer we got, and don't you dare fire that guy. I said, isn't that amazing? Here I am, a man of God with all his knowledge, wouldn't do all these wonderful things. I said, the VP liked, the CEO liked that uh, $100 million, or that uh, million dollars I saved him when his image in Chicago was. He liked that two-day trip, didn't he? He said, oh yeah, he loved it. He said, don't you dare fire him, because he saved us a million dollars in two days. I said, they even understand that. But I said, they got to understand the reason and how I do that is because I serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, that's why you can do what you can do, because you're a child of the King. I said, when you learn to pray and pray in faith, the King of the universe will show you how to do these mighty things. I said, I don't never take credit for none of those things. The King shows me how to do everything, and I give Him the glory and the praise for everything I do. I said, that's why I do it. But we went on and on. And they finally made me, finally made me stop praying over the radio. They, they, and I called Jay Sekulow on that. And Jay said, yes, Thurman, if they own the radios and they own the airways, you have to do what they say. I said, okay. Then if I have to, I have to. So I stopped praying over the radio. Well, I started showing up at all of their work group meetings in person every morning. And I closed every one of the group meetings 
And I said, now then, if you don't want to stay for prayer, go ahead and leave. But if you want to stay, I'm going to close this thing in prayer. And I'm going to pray a really fierce prayer. I'm going to ask God to bless this company. And I'm going to ask Him to bless you and everything you do today. Now, if you don't like that, you can go ahead and leave. And so that's what I did every day. My department never had an injury. Never, never, never had any injuries. We were totally injury-free. And we done our department. Just We saved money in everything we did. And my guys prayed over things and done miracles on a regular basis. And yet... They didn't want me to pray. And finally, when it finally come down to it, somebody that didn't like me praying sent a letter, I have no idea who it was, to our world headquarters and said, Thurman Scrivener is mishandling company funds and company equipment. So they showed up and called me to corporate. I go to corporate. And, of course, I didn't fail to tell you that a few years before, a man, a pastor friend of mine that had retired from preaching, and going back into the business world, called me one day driving down the road and said, Thurman, this is so-and-so. I said, well, brother, I ain't seen you in years. I said, how are you doing? He said, great. He said, I said, what can I do for you? He said, I'm driving down the freeway out here, and the Lord just spoke to me. He told me to call you. I said, what did he say? He said, to tell you, he's fixing to give you the spirit of Daniel. I said, the Lord's going to give me the spirit of Daniel? He said, that's what he told me. I said, okay, praise God, I'll receive it. In the name of Jesus, i receive it. But you know what happened to Daniel? Whenever the companies or the, the kingdoms had a need, Daniel always had the answer. And then he could always read the prophecies and do everything, but they still didn't like him. But when they needed a right answer, they called him. So anyway, as these people, as I continued to do what I'd done, and in the mighty miracles continued to increase and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then when Adelina got her arm healed that night, overnight, of that burned arm, burned so bad, and I prayed for her. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. They can't stand that no more. They called me and said, you have got to stop praying for people in the workplace. I mean, you know, I mean, you've done an awful thing. You know, you prayed for a woman, had a burned arm, and she got miraculously healed overnight. We can't have that no more. <laughs> you know, can't have it no more. That sounds just like we're reading about in the book of Acts right now. Same deal, same devils. You start doing something for Jesus, I guarantee you get ready, the devil's going to raise his head. If you're not, in, uh, if you're not in the, under any kind of persecution for Jesus, you're not where the king wants you to be. You're not there. So if you're not doing something for Jesus, then these devils, they don't care about you. But you start doing something like this for Jesus, I mean, whenever I took and prayed over that woman in the name of Jesus Christ and guaranteed her a woman with a burned arm, you'd have thought everybody in that company from corporate down would have been on. Say, you know, you know, you have no idea how much money you saved us. You know, not only can, you know how long it would take an arm as all the skins burn off here, right here, right here on this arm. You have any idea a two or three inch wide section that was blistered in a 250, 300 degree oven that just burned it all off down to the, I mean, just burned it off to the flesh. And, and big old blisters came up all over. You know how long it takes to burn like that to heal? It takes months and months and months. And every time that woman bends, that arm is going to break open and bleed and going to have scars. And the king of the universe healed that overnight. Amen. Overnight. And it was awesome. Everybody got to see that. You thought, man, they'd have had me down there and said, how did you do that? We want to know so we can do this. Oh, no. They called the head guns of HR. The big boys. And they called a corporate meeting and somebody sent a letter and said, Thurman's stealing company money and he's, in, he's, he's mishandling company equipment. 
And so they sent an external team and an internal team. I ain't no tell what that costs. But I could care less. But they sent them in and they checked me for a month. They only found one thing wrong with my business world. They found one little Ranger Ford pickup that used to belong to me that the title had been changed over in the company name. But they couldn't find where they ever bought it. They said, we don't understand this. We're looking for something wrong. We can't find one single thing wrong. But we find this little pickup. And it used to belong to you. But we don't find anything where there was ever any funds transferred for the company to buy it. I said, no, the company didn't buy it. Well, what, what happened? I said, I gave it to the company. Amen. You gave it to the company? I said, yeah, it was mine. I could do what I want to with my own stuff. I said, the company needed a truck. We had one burn. The company said they didn't have enough money to buy me another one. And we needed a truck. So I said, I got money. You know? I said, you know, I'm not broke like this company is. You know, I got money. I mean, you were all doing a hundred million a year out there at making twenty-five million a year, twenty-five to twenty-nine million a year, net across the bottom of the line. That's all we was making every year. That's not peanuts, you know it. Twenty-five to twenty-nine million a year, clear profit on the bottom line in our catering business, just at DFW Airport. Hundred million a year, hundred and five, hundred and ten million a year in sales. That's not a peanut company, folks. So I handled a lot of money, all right, you know, not cash, but on paper. And after they'd done that check, they could not find one single thing wrong, not one. And I thought about what that man said about the spirit of Daniel. They checked Daniel, and with what he did, they couldn't find nothing wrong with him. So how are we going to get him? Oh, he bows and prays. We can get him in his, we make an a little decree that nobody can pray. And then we can get him because we know he's going to pray. Well, let me tell you, that's what they got me on. Praying. You're going to have, when I went in, they said, Thermal, we got, we can't find a thing wrong with your work. We can't find anything wrong. The men that work for you love you. But, there's something here that's not right that we can't stand, and that is five things they listed. And I still got that list out there on my desk. Five things that you do wrong. You talk to people about Jesus. You pray with people in the workplace. You get people healed in the workplace. God does miracles in the work. You gotta stop this. Five things that I did wrong. Every one of them revolved around my service to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? And you think you're living in a free country? Hey, this, this country is bound by the devil just like this one was right here. There ain't no difference. And when you start doing something for Jesus, in fact, they told me, said, right now, we're just going to suspend you for two weeks. We're going to go ahead and pay you for two more weeks. Well, we make the final decision and we'll call you and tell you what the decision is. I said, no problem. I need a two-week vacation pay. <laughs> so I went home and had a ball. You know, I got to keep my company pickup and everything. You know, they furnished the gas for the truck, everything. So I, I just had a ball. I went by and filled it up with gas. You know, went home, had a ball for the next couple of weeks. You know, I was running around, did things I wanted to do, had a great time. You know, studied, had all kinds of time to do all kinds of stuff. And they still paid me. And so they finally called me in in two weeks and said, come in on Friday, we won't see you. I said, okay. 
They said, we've decided on these grounds to terminate you. I said, praise God! And the lady said, what's wrong with you? I said, man, I don't know what God's got for me. But when I said, I never did work for y'all. I work for him all the time. And if he's fired me here, I have no idea what he's going to do in the future. But I'm looking forward to what the king's going to do. This woman said, I ain't never seen nobody like you. I said, what a shame. There should be, all of us should be like me. And they could not believe I went out there rejoicing and praising God. I said, well, I'll drive my truck back out there and I'll turn it in with one of them guys. And they said, no, 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 no. You go ahead and drive it home. And next Tuesday at 4 o'clock you come in and then we'll swap with you and everything. And said, didn't you get all your stuff out of your desk? I said, no, I'll just go by there and get it. No, 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 no. You can't do it till next four, next Tuesday at 4. I said, okay, no problem. So next Tuesday at 4, I come in out there. I mean, here I am, the man that designed all the security systems, all the cameras, 100, 106 cameras that are all over that place with all the processors that you can view them on computers all over the world and see everything going on in the Skyship plant. I mean, I could go to any operation in the world that belongs to them and pull up any office and anything in that place and tell you who was in it at any time, day or night. I built and designed that system and put it in for them. And I... In fact, after I put it in, the, the GM was so impressed with that system, they said, you know, we ought to have these in all of our operations. These are so great. What did this cost us? I said, well, it cost us about 30000 said, 30000 You did this for $30,000? I said, yeah. They said, you have any idea what we had a company come out here and survey your system, and they give us a bid, and you know what the bid was to duplicate this system in another building? I said, I have no idea. They said, a quarter of a million I said, so hey, I'm worth more than you thought. Isn't that amazing? I saved them 220000 on that one building. I told them, I said, you know, if y'all want them done for 200000 a building, I'll go do them myself for 200000 a building. I could probably do six buildings a year by myself. That's not bad wages, you know what? A million bucks a year. I could make. You know, that's, that's something. That's what you can do when you have knowledge. And wisdom, when you serve the living God, when you ask Him, everything, He'll show you how to do everything. But anyway, so I came back that next Tuesday, and I drove in at 4 o'clock, just like they said, and there sat the two HR men from carpet, and there was a police officer with a gun on. And they escorted me to my office. And allowed me to box up my stuff. And as I'm boxing up some of my videos stuff, one of the guys said, is that the videos off the stuff? I said, no, this is some good stuff here. You really love this. I said, if you'd like to have it, I'd be more than happy to let you take these home with you and watch these. You know what they are. My teachings back here. Because I handed them out all the time to people all over the place. And I gave them away free down there too. No, no, no. If, if it's not, if it's your private stuff, we don't want it. I said, oh, I didn't, wouldn't mind. I didn't figure you would. But that's amazing. And people that say they're Christians was the ones that fired me. They said they were Christians. Well, do you know Jesus? Well, yeah. You know what? I hate to say that. I believe you're a liar. If you know Jesus, how would you like to stand before him one day? When he says, do you know this boy? Yes, sir. Do you know you fired him when he was out there working about my business? Well, Lord, you don't have any excuse, do you? You wasn't serving me. You wasn't about my business. He was. Ooh, I don't want to be in their shoes, do you? Those may be one of those that saved by fire. Those may be one of those that say, 
I never knew you. Down yonder with you. That's going to be more than you can stand. I don't want to be one of those. But this is the norm where the church is supposed to walk right here. I've had the privilege to walk in it. When people say, these things don't work, you got to me too late. I have seen all these same kind of miracles. Haven't we, Ernest? We've seen them. We've seen them right here in this place. I've seen them out there in the workplace. I've seen them. And he says here, verse 30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God has given to them that obey him. Who does he give the Holy Ghost to? Hey, let me tell you what. Let Let me give you just a few seconds. Of teaching on the Holy Ghost. Something I want you to know. Many people, of which I was one, I went to, after I heard there was a Holy Ghost, and I didn't didn't find him in the Baptist church. So I went to many other churches trying to get the Holy Ghost. And I don't know how many people laid hands on me. I don't know how many people prayed for me. But nothing ever worked. I went away disappointed in every church. And then one day, I came upon this magnificent promise. Luke, chapter 11. I want you to look at this. Now this will tell you, this will show you what God says about this. Luke 11, verse 13. Listen to what he says. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? If you're an obedient child of God... When you come to God and ask Him to save you, most of you, when you ask God to save you, if you, you might have had a little tingling feeling right then. You might have had nothing. But probably by the next day or two or three or within a week or two, you were back to normal. And some of you didn't have any feeling at all. I mean, you come to church, you went down the aisle, you got saved, maybe you had a little tearing up and crying for the you was repenting of your sins. But that's all the feeling you had. And when you got up and walked out that door, the devil said, you know, you didn't get nothing. And a lot of people believe him. You know that? Because they have no knowledge. Is that right, Ernest? But see, you've got to believe the Word. The Lord says, if you confess me with your mouth and believe with your heart, the Father raised me from the dead, you're saved. That's all you've got to do to be saved. That's all it takes. But he also says that by my stripes you're healed. So if all your sins are repented of... When you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when He sozoed you on that cross, He not only saved you on that cross, He heals you on that cross. So if you knew it and you were sick when you got saved, if you knew it by faith, you could have received your healing at the exact same time. And if you'd have believed it, you could have done exactly what Peter did. If you were on your sickbed, you could have said, Lord, 
I am saved now because it's written in your word. And your word, this preacher just was here, said, not only am I saved by confessing you, but by confessing you, I'm also healed. So, Lord, I want to thank you that you healed me at the same time you saved me. So, Lord, heal folks. Don't stay in bed. And somebody look at you right quick and say, but woman, you don't look healed. You look awful. And you say, I don't care what I look like. I don't go by what I look like. I go by what the Word says. So I'm fixing to get up because sick folks don't stay in bed. And you get up on the side of that bed and the devil may say, whoa, I mean, you know, you're stumbling around and you, and they say, you see how weak you are? You can't do it. I say, don't care what I feel like. I don't care if I ain't very stable. I don't care what's going on. The Word says I'm healed. Praise God. I'm healed. Whoa. I'm healed. Praise God. And by the time you get halfway down the aisle, you're running 90 miles an hour. And you coming back and somebody said, whoa, look at this. This guy's really ill. I said, I told you I was healed. He really believed it. You walked it out. Now, that's the way you get your healing. And people lay around and say, oh, God, please. I know Thurman just come over here and prayed with me. He even brought tie with him over here. And them two faith men, and they prayed with me. They anointed me with all, I'm slick as a grease pig, but I don't feel them. <laughs> oh, cowboy, we've understood that, don't we, die? But I don't feel no better, so I'm not healed. And the guy goes ahead and dies. And everybody said, what's wrong with him? He didn't believe. I'll tell you what, he didn't believe. We went over and laid hands on him, anointed him with all, and prayed the prayer of faith for him. I guarantee all he had to do is get up and get off that bed and do something. Amen. And if he did, he's healed. Just like William that night. He had to get up and walk down there, didn't he, Wendy? When I touched him, he had to do something. And he stretched out that hand. When he did, whoa, it worked. And then Steve, can you imagine a man that he never picked up his son and he's 10 years old? And I just lay hands on him and touch him and said, be healed in the name of Jesus. I said, now what did you not do? He said, I ain't been able to pick up nothing. I said, pick up your son. Throw him on your back. You could have said, but Thurman, I've got three ruptured discs in my back. I said, yeah, you still got them. It's your choice. But he did. He said, I'm healed then. And he reached out and throws that little boy up on his shoulder. And Steve Blake, he's still running and playing, isn't he? We see him every once in a while. The guy's totally healed. He acted on God's Word. Just like the woman the other day with the oxen. She said, I don't need this stuff no more. The Word says. I don't care if Thurman prayed for me or who prayed for me. The Word says. I don't need it. I'm healed. She laid it down and gets out of her wheelchair and comes back to a healing school walking. No oxygen. Is God's Word awesome or is it awesome? See, God's a faith God. And He's only going to move upon you by your faith. When you act on that faith, He does something, don't He, Terry? He does great and mighty things. This God we serve, right here, as far as the Holy Ghost is concerned, did He say He would give the Holy Ghost to anybody that believed? When you ask the Lord for the Holy Ghost, you got to believe it's yours and know it's yours and begin to thank Him and praise Him. And that Monday morning, I'll never forget the day I had been seeking the Holy Ghost. In fact, that Sunday, the pastor of the church that I was going to, the Baptist church, I'll never forget that message Sunday. He preached for 30 minutes on there's no such thing as a second event called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I love that preacher with all my heart. But that's what he preached. So that next morning, Monday morning, I drove by that church and I looked up out there and I drove by that big, beautiful church. 
I said, God, that man in there, he loves you with all his heart. But I said, he's been deceived. Amen. I said, he don't know the truth. I said, I may not know the truth, but I said, God, I, the way I read this book, this book, the way I read it, it says there is a second experience called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I said, Lord, you said in your word, all I got to do is ask for that and you'll give it to me. So I believe I've received it right now in the name of Jesus. And the power of God come in that pickup and hit me in that pickup. I'm in that pickup by myself. And glory came all over me and power came over me. And I'm telling you, I had never witnessed to a human being in that in my life. But that day when I woke up in that dock, there was a guy standing on the back dock out there. And I said, how are you doing this morning? He said, well, I ain't doing no good at all. He was the guy that delivered our oxygen settling out there at DFW Airport. I said, what's wrong with you? He said, my best friend was killed on the center 35 yesterday. I said, was he a born-again Christian? He said, well, good grief, I don't know. I said, are you? He said, well, I don't know. I said, son, let me tell you about the best thing ever happened to me. And man, I preached to that guy for 30 minutes. And I ain't never done that before in my life. But I was on fire. And when that Holy Ghost come into me from that day forth, after that, I ain't never had any problem talking to anybody about Jesus. I ain't never had no problem. I mean, that Holy Ghost. In fact, Dave told me the other day. He said, Dave Roosevelt, he said, Thurman, it's, it's not my forte to be able to prepare a different message for every Sunday or every Tuesday night. He said, now, I wouldn't mind teaching in a healing school after church where I taught the same thing, you know, every month, the same session. I said, well, good. Then that's what we'll put you to doing, you know, when we come out here, when we get this building built. But, you know, God has given me a gift that I can walk up and I have walked into buildings with people and I I don't even have a thing to do with nothing prepared. And I walk into a church somewhere and the preacher say, hey, Thurman, go praise God. I want you to preach for me today. I said, hey, turn me loose up there. You know, and two hours later or four hours later, I'm still preaching. And I ain't never opened the Bible. I wasn't prepared to nothing. Hey, I don't have to, I don't have to sit down and prepare a message. All I got to do is open the Word of God somewhere and start reading and God will just pour things into my spirit. And I can do, and just, I mean, it's amazing what He can do. He can just do great and awesome things. But you can't do that until you receive the infilling power of the Holy Spirit. When you get the Holy Spirit, now then you just get out of the way and let Him do something. And whenever He talks to you and tells you to go over there and pray for that person, you better go do it because that person will get saved. Or He tells you to go over and pray. Or you just do things spontaneously. Somebody says, do you let Him tell you everything to do? I said, Lord, He told me in His Word what to do. He told me to go lay hands on the sick, cast out the devils. He told me to do, he said, say what I want to say and he'll back up what I say. I'm an ambassador for the king. So he don't have to talk to me every time. I just do what the king says. And do you know, every time I've done anything in faith, he always backed up what I said. Even, even like the healing of Gary Young out there. I didn't hear God tell me nothing. I didn't hear a single thing from God that night when I just told Dr. Gary Young, laying there with a crushed back, I said, you know, I'm going to pray for you based around Mark 11, 23, where the king says, whatever I say with my mouth, if I believe with my heart, I can have it. I said, and I guarantee you, the king of the universe, his name, Jesus, is going to do a supernatural healing on you tonight in the name of Jesus. And what did he do, Wendy? He He healed him. Yeah, Jesus showed up. I mean, and he said, whoa, there's one of my sons that believed me down there. I can just see him look up at his dad. He said, Dad. 
Did you see what that son of mine, that brother of mine did down there? He spoke in my name and he believed what I had done on that earth. He said, whoa, let's send the Holy Spirit down there and do something great. And man, they did. Woo! And Dr. Jerry Young's crushed back was instantly healed just like that. That's like that Baptist preacher. I was in a Baptist church here a while back and he says, he was reading something about rising from the dead. He said, you know, these kinds of things don't happen anymore. When's the last time you saw somebody raised from the dead? And I couldn't hardly, I had to grab hold of the seat and hold on. I wanted to jump up and say, hey, I seen one. <laughs> Woo! But I didn't do it. <laughs> but I sure didn't want to. I guess I should have. It sure would have upset his apple cart. He wouldn't have known what to do. I have seen one from the dead. I wish I'd seen a half a dozen, you know, but I only got to see one. It's because of so little faith. But we're going to get that faith, ain't we, Ty? We're going to get that faith to see more raised from the dead. Oh, we're going to get, we're going to get, if, I, if we can see them getting knees healed and backs healed and, and all these other, we're going to see them raised from the dead. Right, Terry? Woo! Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we praise you and thank you for the church that you designed and ordained. Lord, we want to be that kind of church. Lord, you give us an example of what the church is supposed to be like in the book of Acts. And Lord, we've let this thing completely get away from us. Lord, help us. You said they, these men walked holy before you. They prayed before you. They spent time with you. And they studied the Word. They didn't come to church 30 minutes at a time. These guys come to church and stayed all day. They got in the Word and stayed. Paul preached all night. Lord, we, we preached an hour or two. And somebody said, good grief, that long-winded preacher. I wish he had shut up. Lord, help us to be involved in your Word. Not to be concerned about the time. Because when we put a time limit on you, you ain't concerned. And you don't even show up. So, Lord, help us to not be concerned about time, but be concerned about you. And, Lord, thank you for being our God and our Lord and being so merciful to us. Because, Lord, with as little faith as we got, Lord, Lord, as wicked as we've been, it's a wonder we're still here. I'm so grateful that you're so merciful. Help us, Lord, increase our knowledge and wisdom, revelation of the Word, so that as we study the Word, that we'll walk into a deeper revelation with you and a closer holiness with you. So, Lord, as we walk, we'll be able to all walk in divine health, and we'll be able to walk in this kind of power, so that as we walk, we'll know who we are so intently, that as we walk, even as we wave our hands over people, or speak, or our shadows touch them, that people are miraculously delivered and healed, and they will know that it's Jesus. And so they'll all want to come to you, Lord, to be saved. Lord, in these last days, which I, I, I believe we're so close to the end, and the end is so near, I know you're going to have a tremendous harvest in these last days. Lord, let us all be a part of that harvest. We want to see the multitudes of millions saved, healed, and delivered. And we want to see people in the kingdom. And Lord, especially all of those that are close to us as our loved ones. Our aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, children. Lord, we want all of them to come to know you in the same way we do. Help us to walk so holy and such great power with you, Lord. That when we speak in your name that such miracles will happen, they'll have to know that only you could have done these things. We could have never done something like this. Only you could have done it. And then they'll seek you and want to know who you are. Thank you, Father, for being our Lord and our God. Thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for the privilege, Lord, to come and talk about your magnificent Word. 
and to talk about the miracles that you do today, which you're still doing today. And Lord, we're grateful for everyone when we get to see you do, and we're thankful for every testimony, Lord, that you've done, especially all those we heard at the healing school yesterday and the one we heard here today. And thank you for every one of these people that's going out and being about your business. Lord, as they're going about being about your business, bless them this week abundantly and all that they do. And help them, Lord, to spend 24-7 technically with you. Putting you first in everything they do. Everything puts you first. Seek you in everything with thanksgiving. And I praise you and thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen.